sweet best friendship romance. Talking, talking about, about spooky, spooky stuff. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, we do. Talking <laughs> about really spooky know. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you should know. This is episode 150. What? Been around for a while now. Yeah. Um, we are the media analysis podcast from a horror lens where we explore the real life historical scientific reasons behind our cinematic fears and this month we are talking about mental health awareness uh specifically because that's what this month is but we're talking about how mental health is being represented in horror yeah it's not always good sometimes it is like today today was a good good movie it was stressful but it it was a good time like in terms of it was not offensive in my opinion, <laughs> which sometimes, you know, that happens. You're just like, oh, God, ooh, this wasn't yeah, that. Like, it was just like I... the whole time. Such anxiety. <laughs> yes. But it was good. Lots of anxiety. And, you know, and we'll talk about it in depth in my section. But when we, you know, decided to do, like, mental illness and horror, it was like, oh, no. <laughs> what are yeah. we going to get? What are we going to see? And being afraid of... The possibilities because it can get really dark and really sad and depressing and gross just awful um and this was not that and it yeah. feels like it plays on that it plays on what your expectations are and i appreciated that because it i played right into it it was very um, effective was pleasantly surprised um this is i feel like one of my like new favorite horror films just because of how well it did things yeah like, i would agree yeah. with that it was rem- okay, like because I've had a personal interaction with what we're talking about, I found it extremely stressful. Did I think it was amazing? Yes, Fan- like other people should watch it. Do I ever want to watch it again? No, no, I do not. Um, I don't but think that's, you need to. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's nothing to do with like if it was good or not, though. I guess so. It's like I totally vibe with what you're saying. But I don't think I can make it my favorite movie just because, like, I feel like my favorite movie is one that I would want to watch more than once. Like, over and over again. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just more of, like, a top favorite of ghouls just in that Yeah, it's doing a good job, you know? I agree with that. Like, we really love It Follows, but I don't think I would watch It Follows, like, a bunch. That's true. That's what... See? Good point. This is why we mm-hmm. talk about things. This is why. Why we have a show. Yeah. So we can Where remember. We yeah. Yeah. Words. Exactly. It's funny the the horror films that you do rewatch because I'd say one of the f- horror films I always rewatched growing up was House of Wax. Oh yeah, with a uh, Paris Hilton. Yep, I've seen that one a few times, and it's because it's like times. it's scary yet silly. Yeah, it's like dumb scary. Yeah, or like Final Destination. Like I've watched Final Destination. Like any time it was on TV, I was like, oh, I gotta watch Final Destination too for the hundredth time. Yeah, and be afraid of. 
you know, log trucks. <laughs> you know, I remember dentist. there was one with a nail gun, and it's just like, I was like, I never want a nail gun. That also comes into play in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But my God, I was like, oh, wow, nail guns are really scary. I feel like no one should be allowed to own them. <laughs> I see yeah, the, maybe the effectiveness. Maybe background check. <laughs> you yeah. should have to do that with real guns. Um, Verbals. Uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yes. It's cool. Anything else, Kat? I don't know. If, if, you're, if you're new here, welcome. We mm-hmm. welcome you. You have a we lot of content you. to cover. We do. Uh, I have a lot to say, and I'm going to say it. Uh, <laughs> and then we're going to hold up. Kat has a lot to say, too. It just a week, I really, really appreciated this film, um, which we're talking about is uh, they look like people. So if you were like, what? Hey, <laughs> what, what is this? What are you on about? You're, you're making yeah. a lot of vague statements that don't directly <laughs> say what you're saying. You saw the title people. of this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's true. That's that's very valid. They're, they're very much, they have the context that I don't currently have in my eyes. Like, when I'm looking at the screen, I just see yes. I'm just like, wow, look at us. We look nice today. Um, and if you are on a listening device, please remember to like and subscribe. Yes, <laughs> so please. Us leave us a review, which actually reminds me um, for a brief pause because I wanted to, to highlight that we did get a review from a listener and it made our day and so I wanted to highlight it because it was so nice. So we had a review from an Apple podcast user and I don't know how to spell, how to pronounce your name. Sakini? Sakini? K? Uh, from the United States of America, which is nice. Uh, in late April, reviewed us said such a terrific show so far i've listened to 49 episodes and from what i can tell i have 100 more to go the show is a real find in a sea of podcasts schools next door is among the very best thank you no thank you uh, <laughs> thank you for yeah that's you so nice and you do now you have 101 unless you listen to 50 <laughs> since then uh because we yeah we have so many and, and if you've li- listened to the first 49 episodes then you're in for like a treat because it gets good <laughs> it's it gets good so much 49. better than it did at the beginning like yeah oh god if you like us oh, okay. then <laughs> but also it's like which ones which 49 because like maybe they started like mid and then they're going backwards and then they're just mm-hmm. gonna be sad <laughs> or they started recent and they're going yeah mm-hmm. yeah well, it's fine then. Our <laughs> early ones were just us laughing and really enjoying each other, which is fun for some, for us, and we for still some do people. it. We still yeah. enjoy each other. But it was a lot but less. But we're like, also serious. serious. Yeah. <laughs> yes, which good, brings us to the topic of at hand the film, which is very serious and stressful as horror can be. Uh, so let me tell you about this film it is called they look like people and is from 2015 directed and written by perry blackshear and it thanks imdb for this description suspecting that people around him are turning into evil creatures a troubled man questions whether to protect his only friend from an impending war or from himself which is like the classic trope of what (laughs) you're doing in horror and that like you're the villain right um yeah, I just want to say, like, a, a big sigh of relief <laughs> needed after watching this film, because I was so stressed, and yeah. I'm so thankful for the portrayal of mental illness in this film. Um, 
we've mentioned, you know, before that horror can be pretty gross and unkind to, to in representing folks with mental illness and usually is villainizing uh, or, you know, diagnosing them with some vague diagnosis, uh, which is one of the reasons I greatly dislike high tension for the flimsy mental illness explanation in the end. That honestly just felt like they were saying that being lesbian is enough to be a murderer, <laughs> which isn't true. Yeah. Uh, and that's not how those things work. Um, and we haven't talked about it here, I don't think, but Split, uh, M. Night Shyamalan's Split, got some harsh reviews for its portrayal of DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder, yeah. um, which is a disorder I've always been kind of fascinated with. I watch a lot of things. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about Hereditary and um, totally blanking on her name and someone's yelling at me now. Mom, oh, I don't from know. Hereditary. <laughs> I don't know her name, but I know who you're talking about. I forget about. her name. All right. Um, anyway, she is in a sh- was in a show called The United States of Terra, which is where she had dissociative identity disorder. And it was fun. And I'm sure if I rewatched it, I would be like, not great, uh, but yeah. okay. The, but there were some things that I enjoyed about it. Um, but yeah, so that's like Split has some bad reviews for it, and that's not necessarily horror, but it has, I mean, he kidnaps children, so that was horrific. Yeah. Uh, and I totally get the anger for that portrayal. I thought it was like fun, but it's also like not fun to portray people's people illnesses like that. Yeah, um, and you can hear us rant about Midsummer's poor representation of mental illness in our mental illness representation episode and a bit in our Midsummer episode because we're like, you were not letting me off the hook about this. Yeah. Um, and Kat has also talked at length about how in reality it is often people with mental illnesses that are at risk of being harmed by others or themselves than they are to harm other people. Like, yeah. that's not really what's going on um and i think there are some really truly horrifying moments in this film and like tension uh where i was really worried that they would turn our protagonist into a villain or instill fear into the audience towards people with schizophrenia um, or other mental illnesses that feature psychoses and, and delusions and i am elated to say that this film does not do that so here there'll be spoilers in this land. Uh, I am not going to say the ending, just to say that I appreciated the ending. So, um, just because I really, really want everyone to watch this film. It is, you know, you can watch it for free on YouTube or on Tubi. Like, oh, wow, yeah. I feel like we watched <laughs> it for free. I, that that yeah, checks out. we did. We didn't pay for it. I would, though. I would. Uh, but you can. It's not behind a paywall, so you should watch it. Uh what I appreciate, one of the things I appreciate about this film, and it's similar to, like, Undone, like, in Undone, we really appreciated um, the sister character. Yeah. And how she, you know, would kind of meet uh, Alma where she was at and was just like, you're being out of control, but I understand we got to do something about it. And even yeah. um, her boyfriend, Sam, he also tried in certain ways. Um to kind of go with her and just be like, okay, you're going to do this anyway, so I'm just going to be here to support you. Uh, so you don't hurt yourself uh, and so that you feel safe. And so this film features a really authentic friendship. Like it was awkward and intimate and really honest. The director, Perry Blackshear, has even heard it referred to as a psychological bromance film. 
which I thought oh, was wow. perfect. Uh, like yeah. Someone kind of referred it to that, and he was like, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> so it, it follows a pair of friends, Wyatt and Christian. Um, Wyatt is the one who is suffering from the psychoses, and Christian is his friend. Uh, and because we're, we're seeing it from, we get to kind of see both viewpoints surrounding this mental break like we get to see the friend and what he's experiencing and we get to see Wyatt firsthand experiencing it so whenever we're spending time with Wyatt we get to see his delusions and psychoses firsthand and that's kind of where the horror comes from because we hear the awful insect-like buzzing that preludes the arrival of beings that look like feel like people right um it's like a really creepy uh buzz sound I'm gonna actually play a clip Uh, Having just, you know, uh, sound designed a bug-related horror story, I'm like, no. Um, We also get to feel the suffocating darkness that, like, skews the faces of the ones that we're supposed to care about. Uh, Like, they're in the dark, and there's, like, a really... I don't have it here, but there's, like, a creepy part where it's just, like, you hear, like, cracking sounds, and then her someone... Like, the shadow of someone seems to get longer than it should be (laughs) you're like "Uh, no so you get to like that's where the horror comes from is that you're directly experiencing or seeing the world through Wyatt's eyes and also you're listening to that because like I said you have the buzzing we also listen to the phone calls from this mysterious voice that is encouraging us and inviting us to believe because we're special we're the chosen one and we've been tasked with protecting mankind we're one of the few people who can do that um, so we see why it waver in this reality. Uh, there's that conversation with his therapist that may or may not have happened because who has therapy sessions in the middle of nowhere and f- overlooking a lake? That was weird. Um, <laughs> but he, he kind of brushes off his symptoms and he says, like, I don't think I have schizophrenia. I researched it and it doesn't fit. Um, and then he follows that up with you know, finally sharing his delusions that he isn't 100% certain he should believe, but he's also like, but what if it is real and I'm the only one who could do this? So it feels very real in that, like similar to Undone where she was like, that sounds wild, but the alternative is that I'm crazy. And so, you know, I'm going to believe it. With this, it's like the alternative is, you know, that it is real and I'm ignoring it and then bad things happen. Yeah, and, and potentially putting people I care about at risk because I'm not taking charge of this situation that has been told to me is something that will put, like, humanity at whole um, in great danger. Mm-hmm. And, like, like you know, we were getting is, like, you get this kind of superhero story. Like, what if you are the chosen one? Like, we read and watch films that revolve around a chosen one. Like, we just did a whole series on anime, which is, like, yeah. that's the whole thing, is that it's, like, you're the chosen one. You you have the special power to be able to see or do a thing, and now you are tasked with being able to do that. And, like, if you were to experience that, wouldn't you want to believe that you're chosen and special? Um, and wouldn't it be scary to think that you might neglect it and then something bad would happen like it is there's a lot going in there and I I appreciated that um there in an interview with Scream Magazine 
titled They Look Like People, an interview with Perry Blackshear, which is a horror entertainment magazine. He talks about the dichotomous relationship between knowing something may be real, but preparing for it anyway, just in case. So um, Perry says... I took, uh, I took a lot of inspiration from the movie Take Shelter, which is a wonderful film. Uh, he goes and gets checked out at a psychiatrist's office with his daughter, I believe, because he knows that he might be in trouble. But then at the same time, on the way back home, he goes and buys canned goods for his bunker. And he says, it is those simultaneously knowing that he might be crazy, but still doing the things he has to, because it, what if it was not? I thought that was so complicated and confusing, which is true. And in this, it's like that. Like, he very much is like, I know this might not sound good, and then and people might not believe it, but what if I am really the only one who's tasked with this? Uh, and it feels real to me, um, which is very vulnerable and nice. Uh, something I found interesting about this film that really adds to it is that it feels very voyeuristic. So it's not an outright found footage film, uh, but there's like this lack of non-diegetic music and there's no like odd camera techniques to give the viewer like a deeper understanding of the events. It's just like, this is what you get. You see what you get, right? Um, we're just kind of watching events unfold and it's, they're awkward and they're honest. Um, audio plays a really important role in livening it up. Uh, it was, one of the first things I noticed when watching was that there was no music to like push me forward or tell me what to feel, which is a big part, a big component of horror. Like we've talked about that before in our uh, horror movie music scores with Sergio was that it like it activates things in you to feel certain things and like adds and compounds to the feelings that you have. Um, but instead with this, you don't have music to tell you. Instead, you you just sit there and you dwell in the moments uh, alongside the characters and you just feel your own feelings. Uh, we spend time with Christian while he's listening to his motivational ASMR recordings and they're like his crutch. Um, we even have this like uncomfortable yet charming like crispy whisper conversation between him and his boss slash crush uh mara uh so he like he really is sensitive to sound and it is a point of like power for him or comfort for him on the other side we have wyatt who's experiencing the buzzing and the whispers that indicate uncertainty fear and impending danger so it's like <laughs> sound oh my god what do we like yeah like which one do we trust which one is yeah and both of them are related to some complicated uh mental illness like both of them are kind of experiencing the sounds specifically related to what they're going through and i thought that was really interesting like no one is free of trauma in this mm -hmm. um i think the friendship is really the best part of this film because we get to see the care and compassion between the two characters like how easily christian rearranges his life to make room for a friend that he has not seen in a long time or talked to um like why just walks into him like in on the street and is like oh i'm hanging out i'm staying at a friend's house but he wasn't staying at a friend's house um but he's still knew within like even though he hasn't seen this friend in so long that if he showed up that christian would open the door for him and he did um and he works really hard like diligently to ensure that Wyatt feels comfortable and included and not like a burden 
which is mm-hmm. a relief. <laughs> like, he even invites him on a date that, he like, his date so that he wouldn't be alone and, like, makes Mara, like, invite her friend who was, like, the worst. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and he, like, made up a lie because he doesn't want him to feel like he's imposing. Um, and I also think, like, uh, in that they face similar life challenges, like, they're both separated from their fiancés. They're working at jobs that don't bring them joy. Wyatt is no longer there, but he had a job that way. And they're navigating this complex relationship between themselves and their mental health. Um, And whenever Wyatt explains what's happening or hints at his own uncertainty reality, Christian takes it kind of well in that he digests and processes the information, not jumping to conclusions or lashing out like he's not like, what are you saying? He doesn't freak out. Like even when (laughs) it was really intense and like anyone else would be like, Oh, no. <laughs> like, in even smaller reasons than the biggest part when that happens. Uh, there are times when, like, a normal person might be like, no. Or, like, an outsider um, be like, you crossed a line, you know? But he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Let's do this together. Um, and, like, he never tells why he's crazy. He's never like, you're crazy. I'm not going to give you a diagnosis, you know? Um, and when he looks to get him help... He offers his own experiences with instability as a reason to explain his understanding and why he should be trusted. Because Christian is also going through things. Like, he, his fiancé left him, and he had been expecting to be a father and was working to be this perfect, like, father figure. He's incredibly obsessed with what it means to be masculine. Like he puts a lot onto being like a man and what is expected of a man. And he needs constant petting via that ASMR tape uh, that like motivates him to continue. Like (laughs) he's doing it. Um, He admits that he had attempted suicide and that led to him seeking help. And so his approach to to Wyatt is really the most beautiful part of this film. And I was really thankful for it. because, like, it could have been an entirely different story if it wasn't someone who cared so much for Wyatt, uh, just honestly. So, as we mentioned, we have two questions that I am going to explore uh, in this series. So one is, does it appropriately represent the horrors of a mental illness? And does it inspire empathy and compassion towards an individual with mental illness? And so in that same uh interview with Scream Magazine, uh, director uh, Perry Blackshear talks about his inspiration for the film in that he did his research. (laughs) So I really like appreciated that. So he says, I did a lot of research into uh, schizophrenia after being inspired by this video about a virtual reality simulator that you can put on and feel what it would be like to be schizophrenic. I saw it when I was younger and it was the scariest thing by far that I have ever seen. The fact that you could never know when it would be on or off. The waking nightmare parts of it was so frightening. And the more research I did, the more people went through, was more scary than anything I could ever come up with. Which is true. And I think I remember, Kat, you talking about, like, one of your workshops, like, that you had to take for... um, Yes. And that they were whispering in Mm -hmm. your ear. Mental health first aid. So uh, I worked for the Philadelphia School District for a significant amount of my adult life, I would say. And one of the trainings that we did, which um, would be really helpful for somebody who has never experienced any kind of mental health 
issue, uh, but they did not preface mm. <laughs> that this is what they would be doing um, in that uh, they're trying to simulate what it's like to deal with a mental illness and listen to what's being said to you. So they had someone who would whisper in your ear like with a cone, essentially, like a paper cone, um, and then a person who would be trying to tell you instructions. Um, and I, it was a very uncomfortable and triggering, honestly, thing to have someone, like, to experience both. Uh, and for anyone who does experience mental health uh, issues or has a diagnosis, you should preface that before you do it mm -hmm. um, because it could be auditor like auditory trigger for something like that. And they did not give. Yeah. Uh, so that's a critique I had about that workshop. I think it is a good way of showing it, though. Uh, you just really have to warn ahead of time. <laughs> Yeah, you should always have, you know, trigger warnings for those things. I don't know if there were trigger warnings for this film, but I, I mean, you kind of know going in that there's, it's going to be scary in that way. Um, but yeah, I think it, there is something like there's a game, uh, blanking on the name that I told you before, where the character has like uh, hallucinations and some of them are auditory. And so she's like losing the... <laughs> she's losing the thread and you as a player have to navigate like hearing all that and dealing with those hallucinations and also trying to fight through and win this game uh and I thought that was really great it's interesting that like uh that's one of the benefits of virtual reality which we also covered in a previous episode um that it can provoke empath empathy because it's literally putting you into like the shoes like you know like it's putting you into that place where you have to experience what someone else might be um and maybe you will better understand it so it i would say does appropriately um as much as far as i know um it is appropriately representing what he has perceived is the experience um in it uh and what cat will talk about about psychosis and, and certain delusions uh is that and similar to undone we have a protagonist who is told that they are chosen special and given a monumental task, right? For Alma, it was that she's no longer bound by time and space, and so she can navigate however she wants and prevent her father's death uh, and ultimately kind of get to the bottom of his demise. For Wyatt, he is informed that there is an alien race that has been infecting and possessing people since the beginning of time. Like, they mention old times. <laughs> um, and it's with the intention of like taking over and they want to start a war. And so he's one of the few warriors who can save the people that he loves. Um, and so I think uh, Wyatt has a little more understanding uh, and reluctance to believe it, but also like he doesn't feel like he really has a choice. Um, whereas Alma kind of did have a choice in some way. Like she still was going to believe it and it was a little, you know, if, if you could save your father, like, of course, you would believe that you could. Um, I think the biggest plus to this film is that it does a wonderful job of subverting our expectations that are instilled in us from the horror genre and using those expectations to build on the tension. Like in any other horror film, why it would be the monster that we're forced to sympathize with, not the victim we should care for, right? Like he would just yeah. be... 
Yeah, we would be like, oh, we get where he's coming from, but he's the monster, right? Um, yeah. And there's a particularly stressful scene that finds Y on the roof of Christian's apartment complex, and he is equipped with a nail gun. And after having la- gathered, like, a plethora of tools, like, questionable tools and gadgets from, like, eBay or something, um, but he's up there in an attempt to prepare for the war. So he was, like playing with the nail gun so we know it's powerful um and it's unsettling enough uh seeing that but then knowing that he might use uh this for violence against innocent people that he is perceiving to be the villains like because the whole time you know that he has been seeing people as the bad versions of them like it's going so far as to like leave his fiance um because he thinks they got to her um and when he's on the roof we hear the buzzing, which means that one of them is near. And he looks down and he sees a couple and like random people walking along and the buzzing is there and it's it's like looming and suffocating. And he takes aim and when I was watching, my body just tensed. Cause I was like, here it is. <laughs> you know, I'm like expecting the worst. This gruesome like turn that we often see in horror. Uh, the moment that like our villain realizes that uh it's actually not that hard to take a life right that they were chosen and that this is the war like i have seen this story play out many a time um where they feel validated like oh okay killing is the answer um which would leave us with a film that's just old as cinematic time (laughs) with a mentally ill villain like that's just horror 101 uh but why it does not shoot the people below. And it was like a sigh of relief and absolutely like appreciation for not doing it. Um, Because I really can't explain how worried I was the entire film. Like I was on the edge of my seat because I was just waiting for that sickening message. The the lesson to be learned being that you can't trust someone who's having a mental break. Uh, Because it really plays in that. (laughs) It was like, would you believe this person? And each time the film surprised me because it would avoid it completely. Instead, it was playing on those exact fears and expectations so that I would feel that tension. Uh, Whereas I feel like if you hadn't watched or you weren't expecting what society has been telling us this whole time, you might not feel the same fear because you'd be like, of course he's going to be fine. Like, if this was a superhero film, you'd be like, of course he's right, and he's going to save the world. Um, There is a time where we see Wyatt vulnerable and kind of losing the thread there, too. And uh, in this very long, excruciatingly long and quiet scene, he aims the nail gun at his own head. And for that, it was like a representation of the actual real-life threat that those with mental illness and schizophrenia face, which is honestly just suicide um so from the according to a study by the national center for biotechnology information uh apparently up to 40 percent of the premature deaths of those with schizophrenia could be attributed to suicide and that experiencing auditory or visual hallucinations increase that risk substantially um so that's the real thing that people should be afraid of like more so than him being on the roof threatening other people's lives when he was threatening his own that's when it was like like i was really like i 
like I I had like I trusted Wyatt to a degree like he's a sweet boy like honestly and so I felt very strongly that like there's like he really has to hit this breaking point because up until now he's been having these hallucinations he has believed that there's something out there and still refused to do anything and hurt anyone and so I like even though I was tensed it was mostly like I was tensed to be like don't make that the narrative it wasn't so much believing why you thought he was gonna do it yeah yeah with with the nail gun in his own like that was really stressful for both of us when i just remember us really freaking out for that part because it was like oh god like even though and that's like conversely because for a film it's like you're not going to kill off our protagonist this way but it was still more scary (laughs) than it would be if it you know like then the rooftop in that way um uh and to kind of get away from that depressing thing, I really can't get over this friendship, which I think is the strength of the film. Uh, there is quite a few scenes with Christian that uh, really touched me as, as a viewer and, and someone, like, you know, based on what we were talking about last week about being an ally. And I feel like Christian was a pretty decent ally. I'm sure there are things that could be improved, but I... I appreciated his approach and like we have a scene where Christian explains that he used to have nightmares and he like describes the monster in it and so then he asks why like what is your version of those monsters uh that are haunting you right and he's really delicate and patient with Wyatt um and when the war is fastly approaching and through a stressful interaction with Mara Christian's love interest, Wyatt is pushed further along into his delusion, and in his panic, he finally admits to Christian that he's been, what he's been keeping to himself. And he insists he's not crazy, and that this is serious, and Christian never calls him crazy. And he's like, let's calm down. <laughs> like, he's very cautious and visibly worried, but he's he's never like, you're wrong, this is messed up, get out of my house. He's like, is everyone safe? Have Like, make sure you haven't done anything that you regret and let's calm let's do this like tell me what it is um and later he has this scene and he has this line that i really appreciated um that i will play for you i don't believe what you believe but i know you believe it so just be honest with me and you have to promise me not to kill anyone okay so which is it's that's such a christian answer he laughed about a lot of things um but it really was like you know i i that's does sound not real to me but it i know it's very real to you so i'm gonna let you believe it um or i'm gonna tell me what it is so we can figure it out and make sure you don't hurt anyone uh when he signs him up for a therapy session after disclosing his own struggles um he even goes as far as to um, equip himself for the anticipated war. Um, Being very firm, like, you know, we're not going to harm anyone. uh, But he's like, okay, the war is coming that you told me about, so let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, like, (laughs) Like, let's prepare. Let's make sure you feel safe so that we can get through this together. Safely, yeah. Like, and we're not going to hurt anyone. You can be a passive person in the war. Um, And so, like I said, I won't spoil the ending. Only say that... Uh, Black Shear's subverting of horror tropes is phenomenal. He does a really great job. And uh, the messages between Kat and I towards the end were just a bunch of just like, oh God, oh no, please don't. This can't be. And just like a lot of like, <laughs> just like, oh please, no, no, no. Uh, yeah. So you should, re- you absolutely should watch this film. 
Um, and I sat in silence for quite a while while the credits rolled, just sitting in my feelings mm-hmm. and confronting my own biases that are ingrained in me from simply being a horror fan. Like, I was like, wow, I was really not expecting it to do this, which is another reason why I think it's like at the top for me, because I was like, thank you for, you know, using that to to turn me around. Um, and it was also really scary like uh, experiencing Wyatt's hallucinations, like I said, were stressful. And the idea that you can't trust those in front of you, uh, which makes, you know, seeking help that much more challenging. And Christian has like another line towards the end, which I will play as well. Um, that was just, it was very vulnerable and it, it was great. Because yes, it's really scary to trust you right now, but that's, what this is, so trust me because I trust you. Sweet best friendship romance. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I felt like it was a very delicate moment that I feel like we need to keep in mind when we're helping someone manage their own hallucinations and delusions is like that we should trust the best in people that they they mean well, and that whatever it is yeah. that they're going through, like we need to offer compassion for that and you know, meet them where they're at and not make them out to be a villain or you're a victim even, uh, and just be like, okay, let's get through this. Tell me what it is that you're seeing and experiencing and let's work through it. Um, and trust them, like trust that they're good people. And that just because you like, as much as horror would want you to believe, uh, having a mental illness does not make you a villain or that much closer to being a villain. Uh, yeah, I think if anything, it's just like if you have like narcissism or if you're like a sociopath or something like those are serial killers. They all had those like narcissism where they thought they were better than people. God complexes, but not, you know, the ones that they're always trying to. They're like, you got bipolar disorder. That means bam. Like, no, that's not. Yeah, <laughs> so not works. thank you. Like <laughs> Perry Blackshear for such a great film. It's super scary. Um, but uh, brutal and honest, and I appreciated it. Yeah, it was uh, one of the best slash also stressful films I've ever watched because I I will start my flax section very honest that I did not personally, like, I do not have a mental illness that has psychosis as a symptom, but I do have a very close loved one who has experienced psychosis, and I have been in the shoes of Christian before and it is very scary and it was very traumatic and for me and for them uh but it is I was so thrilled by this film's like portrayal of it in that like just like Gabe I was so scared that they were just gonna make this another instance of this person has a mental illness so they are a murderer and we're just gonna let that rock and we're going to make you feel sad about it. But like, that is what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was just really great to not have another example of it because there are so many and it does create even outside of horror, just in media and TV, it instills this bias and stigma that people who have these mental illnesses just have to deal with every day. And like, that is like the biggest thing in terms of functioning within society is that there's lots of instances where society has made it that that is like a deal breaker for any sort of happy life. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
it was really cool to see a film that makes it that like you can survive and have people who care about you and love you and like want to be there for you through this and that like you're going to get through it with somebody. You're not going to just be by yourself and have to just like. And I also thought it was really interesting and nice that hospitalization was not what we ended up seeing or like yeah. that that was the only route towards dealing with this. Cause that is something that does happen to people. That is what happened to my loved one, but uh, it's not universal. Like not everyone ends up in a hospital. So I thought that mm -hmm. was cool that they showed our, that there's different ways. Our mental hospitals, uh, in, at least in America have a very torrid history of yes. not actually helping and in fact, hindering or using them as experiments. So, yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's I understand not wanting to trust or believe that, you mm -hmm. know, <laughs> it's valid to be weary. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess uh, for the fact section, I will give a little context to what we are seeing in the film. So what one of our first questions is, what is psychosis? Um, and the definition that we have from psychosis of psychosis from the National Association of Mental Illness is psychosis is characterized as disruptions to a person's thoughts and perceptions that make it difficult for them to realize what is real and what is, isn't. These disruption, disruptions are often experienced as in seeing, hearing, or believing things that aren't real um, or having strange, persistent thoughts, behaviors, and emotions. While everyone's experience is different, most people say psychosis is frightening and confusing. Um, most people think that psychosis is a break with reality in a way that it is, uh, but psychosis is a symptom, not an illness. It is more common that you think, and in the U.S., approximately 100,000 young people experience psychosis each year. As many as three in 100 people have an episode at some point in their lives. Um, while I've not, yeah, it's a, lot, it's a higher number than I think a lot of people realize. Um, and while I haven't experienced Having psychosis firsthand, I have experienced a loved one go through psychosis as a symptom of an overarching mental illness, specifically bipolar one. Um, this experience wasn't unique to us. It's not to reflect the experience of others, uh, as everyone has the capacity to experience things differently. And as we spoke in our last episode, it is largely impacted by culture, uh, by the society that you live in, how is going to influence like kind of what the delusion or psychosis manifests itself as. Um, while this experience was an extremely traumatic one for me, it was also extremely traumatic for them. Um, and it was horrific. So out of respect to this person, I will keep their identity anonymous. But with the permission, I have, they have offered some of their firsthand perspective to what it is like to experience a psychotic break and like some advice to someone who, if they have not, heard this before, it can kind of help keep you safe in the instance that you start to experience a psychotic break. Um, so our second question are, what are some of the things someone with psychosis encounters? Uh, there is, again, from the National Association for Mental Illness, psychosis includes a range of symptoms, typically that involve one or two major experiences. The first one is hallucinations, seeing, hearing, or feeling things that aren't there such as hearing voices, strange sensations, or unexplainable feelings, uh, seeing glimpses of objects or people that are not there or that are distorted. Um, but basically, believing external forces are controlling thoughts, feelings, behaviors, believing that trivial remarks, events, or objects aren't just coincidences but have personal meaning and are significant. Um, and sometimes this can mean that you think you have special powers, you're on a special mission, or even that you are God. 
a, a Reddit post that I got Redditors who experience psychosis. What do you do when you feel it coming on? Uh, a Redditor with the name Black Je the Black Jesus said, in short, there isn't a great deal that you can do. If you're in a public situation, the best thing you can do is isolate yourself or ride it out. If people experience it more seriously than me, I imagine that there is an issue, but that is what works for them. Um, in this Reddit th thread, a commonly spoke upon thing is feeling out of body or watching yourself do things, but not being in control. My loved one confirmed that this is similar to how they felt um, and described it as if they were the main character in a movie. Um, this was a major shift into the period of psychosis, specifically where they were living. Music constantly played over, uh, the light speakers on the main street, uh, which made them think like that kind of continued the feeling that they were in a movie and that it sounded like the soundtrack playing for their movie. Um, and I think there's like things that you don't consider on your day to day that could further influence someone who's going through a psychosis. Uh, and that was one that like, I think generally people wouldn't think that that would like have an impact. Just like, it's nice that music's playing, but that is something that like did contribute. Um, I do the cause was, yeah. being there and hearing that music because we visited that place. And I was like, mm. this is like a video game or like, it was creepy. It was like, I feel yeah. like I'm in Pleasantville or something. It's uncomfortable for sure. <laughs> Um, and it is, it's something that, uh, they didn't say like caused it by any means, but like, it was something that they vividly remember contributing to like this feeling that they weren't in something real. Um, basically the time frame with which this happened can be really different for different people for my loved one. Um, this lasted about two to three months, um, that escalated over a period of time. So at this point, they had become a year sober. They were not diagnosed with anything. They had never had any kind of psychotic episode, and they were 42 years old. So generally, I feel like lots of people manifest this, like if they have an illness, a mental illness, they've realized this sooner. But because mm -hmm. of the specific situation, mm -hmm, they were they had already lived for 42 years and had not experienced anything like that. Um, I'm not going to go into detail over exactly what happened, but uh, at the beginning, I acted very similarly to the friend uh, Christian and they look like people. And I really tried as hard as I could just to make sure that like they were safe. Um, and I will say like at the beginning, it was very much something bad was happening. They needed protection. They needed help. Um, and then it escalated to more of a happy that it was not so much she thought she were, she was in danger, but it was more so that they thought like something w wonderful was happening. And that was an interesting transition because I feel like in the they look like people uh, there. It seemed very much like the horror end of it. And it started very horrific, got to a place where things were like really positive um, and then kind of took another shift in the opposite direction. Um, during this time, my loved one said a few different things happened and can help influence, uh, lack of sleep, not eating, um, kind of staying up for days at a time is something that is not good for someone who has a mental illness, especially if you're not taking care of yourself, you're spending a lot of time outside, um, that largely influenced the like escalation of the psychotic break. Uh, there were two instances, 
instances of hospitalization that took place, one instance with police interaction and a lot of high stress encounters. But luckily, uh, the police interaction was not negative in this instance. They said the hospitalization period was one of the most traumatic for them. And while it was necessary to find a diagnosis, uh, it was described as in her entire 42 years of existing, the most traumatic thing she's ever experienced. And that was at a good hospital. Um, she, she commented on the fact that it was a good hospital and even still, it was one of the most horrific things she's ever experienced, uh, in that, you know, the people who are there are not well, and there's lots of sound. Uh, usually the use of force is used to distribute medication. Um, and it was very traumatic. Uh, and she, a lot of the, what she told me about was that the system itself is very flawed. Um, and that if anything needs to change, it is the system that deals with people who are going through these issues. Um, I asked if there was any advice that they'd give to someone experiencing a psychotic break. And they said, that if there's someone that you trust to tell that you don't feel okay, that that is the thing you should do. Um, if possible in the early stages of it, uh, they said that once they were fully in the psych like psychosis, they were unable to eat, sleep, take care of themselves. But if you're in the early stages, just try to go to sleep, try to eat something, try to stay inside. Um, and they listed a technique called the five things technique that you can use to get out of a panic attack. They said that that is also very useful. Um, if you're starting to question your reality, um, is to focus on five things and kind of have them ground yourself in your body, in your space, um, and make you feel safe. Uh, and if you have someone that you trust to tell that person, to be with you if they can, um, and take you just to play somewhere safe where you can calm down, get through it. Um, if that's a hospital, okay. If it's not just being with that person can be the thing that keeps that person alive. Um, how do you manage psychosis after you've gotten a diagnosis and you've experienced it before? This is not universal for everybody as psychosis is a symptom, not a diet like an illness itself um so it can be associated with different things uh in the film we have it suggested it might be schizophrenia for my loved one it was bipolar one there are other instances where you can trigger psychosis uh either through drugs or um i think there are other illnesses that do have psychosis as a possible symptom um but the handling of it kind of in terms of the medical and is different for everybody. Some require medication, some require therapy, some require different severities of in, like uh, intervention. My loved one managed a psychosis with medication for bipolar one, medical marijuana, meditation was something big that they talked about and sticking to a sleep and eating schedule. So if you do experience that and you do not have any of those things in play, that is something they recommend to take into your own hands. The biggest piece of healing uh, that they said in living with psychosis as a symptom is forgiving yourself for what happened during that episode of psychosis. Um, and while the people around you might ask for some level of accountability, you can still do that with forgiving yourself and understanding that what happens during that time isn't you all the time. Um, and finding humor in some of the situations is something that also helped them um, and acknowledging the trauma for what it was. 
They also stress that being an advocate for yourself is essential um, and is super important and educating yourself on your diagnosis uh, instead of like if you get a diagnosis, trusting your medical professionals or therapists is a thing. But the best thing to do is really educate yourself on what that diagnosis is, the treatment options available, because usually there are medications that trigger things like uh, pseudo Parkinson's, which is makes you shake um, and other things that can be really debilitating and aren't caused by the illness, the mental illness itself, but are caused by the medications that are used to treat it. So for people who feel like they need to be medicated, there are different kinds of medications, different dosages that unfortunately, because the system is so flawed, they said is very much something you have to advocate for yourself or have loved ones that you care about advocate for. Um, but they said one of the hardest things on it are the system or the stigma, the system in place and a lot of misunderstandings and misrepresentations of people with mental illness um, that they have to actively advocate against. Um, and they said the hardest part of having psychosis as a symptom is having a hard time trusting themselves and actively questioning their sanity, emotions, and questioning out whether or not their happiness in like moments where they feel really happy is real or something that they need to like call me about and tell that like they might be experiencing the beginning of an episode. Um, and like just not trusting themselves is really difficult. And, I, and honestly, feeling like people around them might not trust them if they know because of the stigmas in place uh, that it could be used as ammunition to gaslight them or tell them that they're crazy when they're not being. Um, and that that's something that happens pretty commonly. Um, but basically, the biggest advice that they give is you got to do whatever you can do to be OK and surround yourself with people that you trust and love you and have your best interest in mind and at heart. Um, cause I feel like a lot of times the people who experience the worst version of this are people who don't have people around them that can help them through it. And people are trash. There's lots of people who do not handle that situation like Christian did. Um, and that's something we see a lot in media and honestly, just in the world. So, the proper Some advice that they gave was to not waste your energy on people who are not going to give you that kind of trust and love. Yeah. Like people who are going to gaslight you or make you feel like your illness mm. is a facet of every interaction you have or will with he other people. Lie to her. Because it's yeah. not. There's instances where people will say, like, you're being crazy, where well, you're not being crazy. And it, when you already have trouble trusting yourself, that can be really challenging. Because if the person's supposed to love and care about you, they shouldn't be basically skewing and being like sus, essentially, in 
helping you through that, that process. That is not universal for everybody. Um, I, I think of like, but that's in like the advice that they specifically the said instance I where the boyfriend uh, was being the worst on their behalf, um, where he like moved the pictures so nice. and said, oh, I yeah. didn't Thank do them. that. Oh. Yeah. And was like basically gaslighting her, and she's like, you know, "I'm questioning really my reality. It. I need um, you to tell me like we said, it's if like, you do something, not because I'm like going to get mad at you, because I need to know um, what is real and what things, isn't." It transforms things. Um, uh, it's like a challenging piece of it, or when you but just obviously do it like out of that care is just our experience with it, as opposed to like as a tool, as like a weapon in media, which happens a lot. Yeah, so thank thank you. And for, you know, our listeners, if you have your own experiences with psychosis or delusions or you have your own um, stories that you want to share with us, totally can be confidential. Like, we're not going to blast your information out there, but we, you know, um, Mm -hmm. are interested to hear about people's experiences. And if you do watch this film, if you feel any similarities or if you feel, you know, like, hey, this actually isn't the experience I had at all and I didn't appreciate it, whatever it is, like, we want to hear that. Um, Also, the actress's name is Toni Collette. (laughs) <laughs> I remember during your thing Full and circle. I was like I was about to like um, yell it and I was like no this, this is a really serious part <laughs> you're like opening your heart and I'm like Tony Collette yeah <laughs> who is <laughs> Tony Collette Alec uh, yeah no that's that, that's nice um, yeah yeah so the, I, yeah so this was great um, again I love this film I, I appreciated your section again Kat uh, each time like I've <laughs> Every time we're covering this new episode uh, for this month, it's like a big challenge to be like, what are you going to say? Because we've already kind of said a good deal. And we also don't want to speak to something that isn't our experience. So it's like, what are we going to say about it? And so, you know, just commend you for your diligence and hard work and gathering some like you know, what you can share, what you feel you have the right to share. Um, Next week, we have some guests from a a fellow podcast who covers, you know, mental health often and, you know, speaks to the importance of us powering through and helping each other so that we all stick around and that the world is better for having you in it. So stay tuned for that. And we'll be talking about a Tony Collette film. hereditary so <laughs> make sure that you like and subscribe so you get that notification and you can hear about the one Ari Aster film that we do actually enjoy um yes without having to like fight ourselves to appreciate <laughs> yeah. you know like to be like it's good if you don't look at these things you know like if I ignore the stuff I like it. we actually did kind of enjoy it but looking at it from this analytical lens I don't know if I'll have the same like a appreciation I did when we first watched it. That's fair. Yeah. I think this film has really raised the bar uh, mm-hmm. in terms of like now what I will expect watching horror films. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Like I, I really hope that there is more positive representation of mental health because uh, it could be used as you see in this film so beautifully, like so effectively without demonizing the main character that's experiencing it um or like demonizing a side character because that's something you see a lot too and that's something that like honestly continues this feeling that like there that it's such a that there it acts like there aren't people who just live with this every single day yeah um and makes it seem like i don't know it's just like that it has to be something that they can't tell people because there's such this negative stigma around it that'll make people scared of them 
And that's not how anyone should feel. And it's rude. It's rude as hell. That yeah. The genre say, it's rude as hell. that we love so much, yeah, unfortunately, often does that. Uh, and if anything, this is just like cool that we've seen two solid pieces of work like media that do a really mm -hmm. good job. Um, and here's hoping that there's more. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah. Cause it, it, and it's also like the reluctance to admit or, you know, get diagnosed because you're afraid that you, you get the bad guy disease, you know, or like whatever, like that's not real. Um, it also yeah. reminds me of like how people react to people who get like AIDS diagnosis. Like that's not a death sentence that it used to be. Um, people live with it yeah. and are fine and have partners and live lovely lives. And so it's just like, it's because of, you know, the media and because of the way that it's been portrayed and represented for, for forever that we all have these preconceived notions and ideas about these people that we shouldn't, um, which could, you know, negatively impact how someone is experiencing it even further. Like you mentioned last week, um, that if the society you're in is telling you you're wrong and you're bad, then you think that you're wrong and you're bad and you don't try to yeah. live or fix it. All it all comes back to capitalism. Help. <laughs> yeah it's rude as hell so, <laughs> so yeah. yeah uh i think that'll be this whole series is <laughs> gonna be like us yelling at how people are perceiving it but i uh again i appreciate this film so please 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 go out and watch it um again it's free <laughs> so do it gets you know get Perry's his flowers it's free it's uh, for me so yes get out there and watch 399. it and just yep. let yeah let us know what you think uh if there is a horror film that you think did a good job of portraying mental illness that maybe we're missing let us know we want to hear more yeah because uh, we're always looking for those suggestions if there's a horror film that you feel like did a really bad job that you want us to roast you can also let us know that too we can back uh, it up with our seats and science <laughs> We love to Let do it. Let us know. <laughs> yeah. So remember, you can email us at thegoalsnextdoor at gmail.com uh, or follow us on social media. You can find us looking us up, Ghouls Next Door. Uh, and with that, don't get married. They'll eat your kids. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't have anything yeah. to say but that. Yeah. So I feel like it's serious. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>